Well, hey friend. Now, just before we jump into this episode, I wanted to check if you had a chance to register for my latest event that's coming up. I am hosting Confidence Week. So this week is going to be all about how you can advance your career and show your true self as a leader without waking up with 3 a.m. night sweats, joining the old boys club, or compromising who you are. I would love for you to come check it out. We're holding it later in September, September 11th to 14th. It's absolutely free for the base ticket. There is an option to upgrade your ticket if you like, but you certainly don't have to. So come check it out. It's at themintambition.com slash confidence week. All one word. That's themintambition.com slash confidence week. Well, hey there, I'm Liz St. Jean, and this is the Rise in Your 9 to 5 podcast, where I help quietly ambitious leaders who want to have meaningful and fulfilling careers, making an impact in the world. It's where strategy meets intuition to become a better leader with more joy, less stress, and endless impact. So let's break free from perfectionism, imposter thoughts, and that inner rule keeper that keeps you in a career comfort zone. It's time to become unapologetically you and step into the life you are meant to live. We're going to talk presence, productivity, and having it all. Or, as my four-year-old would say, we're going to take over the world. So let's get to it. Well, hello there and welcome back. So on today's show, we're going slightly different because I don't have said this a lot recently, but I'm really leaning into this now that the work that I do is a combination of mindset, strategy, and tactics. I end up doing a lot around mindset, both on the show and in the coaching. And today I want to lean further over into tactics. It's, it's a little bit of strategic, but it's, I wouldn't really call it strategy. It's like strategic tactics. And part of the reason for that is because at the time of recording, we are just about to go into confidence week. We have the kickoff call tonight and it happens all week. So there's going to be all kinds of mindset goodies happening there. So that's one reason. But also because sometimes it's helpful just to get into the tactics for two reasons. Sometimes for some people, getting into tactics helps us kind of take a break from the mindset stuff and just just get into action. And the second reason is that sometimes the tactics really help us see where the mindset stuff is happening. So what we're covering today is it's a question that actually has a lot of answers. I'm going to give you three answers. But it's around when we feel like our contributions are being overlooked. We feel like there's no path to promotion that we are being overlooked, right? And the season is all about internal promotions. And, and that can feel, that's really tough, right? And there is a lot of mindset stuff coming up. So if this is you, you're feeling either overlooked or underappreciated, and especially like, you know that there's mindset stuff, right? Like, I mean, it's not only mindset stuff. There's other things happening and we can talk about that which we will be, but often it brings up mindset stuff and sometimes mindset stuff can contribute to it. So if that's you, definitely come to Confidence Week. It'd be great to have you there. So that's themintambition.com slash confidence week, all one word. But for this episode, we're going to jump into three tactics you can do. And again, like I said, they're strategic and there's some mindset stuff uh, underlying them. We'll, we'll probably talk 
a bit about. But essentially, these are tactics. These are things you can actually do, tangible, hands-on things. So let's just jump right in. Okay, so where this comes up for people, they're sitting they're sitting there like, I'm doing a fantastic job. Like, I know I'm doing a good job, although maybe the imposter syndrome or imposter thoughts raise their ugly head every now and then. But generally speaking, you're like, you're looking around, you're like, I'm doing a great job. Why are my contributions not being recognized? Why am I not being put up for a promotion? Why am I not being tapped for promotion? So, I mean, on the one hand, we can, you know, feel frustrated, perfectly natural to feel frustrated in those situations. But we can also take back responsibility in the sense of like, okay, now what can I do about this? That's what I mean by responsibility. Like, how can I now shift this back into my control? What can I do without it feeling frustrated or without feeling that kind of victim feeling of feeling at the effect of the situation? So thing number one that you can do is really take a step back and step aside from the, the mindset stuff. We can work through that separately. Again, confidence week, come check it out. Take a step aside and really spend some time doing some research almost like put on that scientific, you know, the lab coat and step into a place that's a lot more neutral and a place especially that's really curious. Just ask yourself the question and start doing the research around, okay, well, what does get people promoted in my organization? Because every organization is going to be a little bit different. There's obviously broad themes, but you want to sit there. If you're looking at an internal promotion, you want to sit there and say, okay, how do people get promoted in my organization? And really do your best to leave the mindset stuff behind, like leave that out on the, on the other desk and come to the desk where you can be more neutral. And so, you know, because it's also really natural to get the kind of, let's call them the, the snarky thoughts of like, well, it's because they play politics or, well, they're buddies and blah, blah, blah. And whether or not that's like capital T true or not, is kind of unhelpful to have those mindset thoughts because like, well, what are you going to do about it? I mean. I guess you could go and play that game if you wanted. But if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not the kind of person that plays that game. So we do our best to leave those mindset thoughts off to the side and instead say, okay, well, you know, that's probably not true for everyone. It's probably not the global T truth for everyone. So what does get someone promoted in the organization? And for a lot of organization, it is relationships. Those do play an important role. And the reason it does is, yes, like it can go, it can slide all the way to the extent of being very nepotistic and in a very dysfunctional manner, even a toxic manner. But usually the reason it plays a role in promotions is because of trust. So relationships build trust over time. And so people making decisions about promotions, you know, they're, they're taking a risk in a sense, right? They're putting someone into a level that that person has never done before. And especially if it's diagonal, like going, you know, you're not just going up, but you're going over to another part of the organization, you're potentially in charge of an area you haven't done before. So that feels risky to the person. So they do lean heavily on relationships, on past experiences with the person. So that is part of it. So part of your role to put that scientific hat on that lab coat, get the, um, what is it called where you jot down notes, right? You know what I mean? The clipboard, get your clipboard out and just think, okay, you know, how much of that is part of it? Is it the majority, right? Some organizations, it will be the majority because it, getting promotions is about being put up for a promotion, right? You know, you have some, this is especially in the, in the tech field where, you know, you're kind of put forward in, in other places, 
um, you have to be genuinely sponsored. But that said, you might be in an organization that's much more kind of bureaucratic and follows much more of a an HR kind of structure, which is like it has less to do with directly with relationships, although relationships will always be important. But maybe it has more to do with the, you know, um, passing the process. Maybe there's like a three step process or a seven step or a 10, whoever, who knows how many steps of the process where you're either taking exams, doing interviews, doing role plays. Right. You want to sit back and just make sure that you know exactly what is required for getting promoted. So those are the direct steps, right, that I'm listing there. But you also want to look at the career paths of people in your organization. So looking at the paths of your executives and especially the people who are recently promoted into director level roles, because that's also going to give you a sense of where the organization is heading in terms of promoting from within. Okay, so you want to do that. Look at those career paths. Then the other thing, and this is something I don't know, I don't see people doing this often enough. So if you're not doing it, please start now. This is so invaluable, is start collecting job descriptions. Start collecting tabloids if you have them in your organization, if your organization is big enough to actually do postings of promotional opportunities. And here's where people go wrong. People often start doing this, but usually they're only collecting for the exact position they're thinking of going. What I want you to start doing is have the whole repository, whether it's a position that's in your area of expertise or not, like maybe it's a completely different area. Let's say you're in tech and then and you come across a job profile or a tabloid of an HR manager. You're like, well, I'm never going into HR. doesn't matter, right? It's within your organization. Grab it and you start collecting and you'll start to see themes over time. The other mistake that I see people make is they only get the very next level that they're looking for, right? Like if you're thinking, if you're a subject matter expert, you're thinking becoming frontline supervisor or manager, whatever it's called in your organization, you only go and get that job description and collect those. No, if you are even remotely thinking of like, well, maybe one day I'll be an executive. Like you just have this, you know, kind of this far off dream. You think, oh, that's an ambition, right? A goal, a far off goal. Start collecting those now. Because what you want to start seeing, you're going to start putting together a tapestry. So it's not a mosaic with random pictures. You're going to start putting together this tapestry to understand how does your organization see management at different levels, right? And you're going to start seeing the themes. You're going to start seeing the pathways, right? Start collecting and seeing, okay, what does that pathway look like? And what's going to show you is what are the kinds of competencies that they're expecting? What are the stories that you're going to need to bring to your interviews? Assuming that there are interviews, there probably there should be. If you're in a large enough organization, there'll be some kind of interview at some point. But it's going to start building up that picture for you. So instead of thinking, oh, I'm being overlooked, I'm being put up for promotion. No, go out there. Figure it out. What is that pathway? What does it look like? What are the expectations? And the last thing you can do for this for doing your research is go have conversations with people about this, right? You don't have to go in loud and pushy and, you know, trying to get the spotlight on you saying, oh, look at me, look at me, I'm going to get promoted, you know, because that's how we feel about it, right? Like we kind of have this like image in our mind of people going in and saying things like that. It doesn't have to be like that. Go in with curiosity, go in with interest and ask people either about their own experiences. You could, if you have that close of a relationship, 
or ask for their advice either about longer term career goals or the most immediate career goal, right? So mentors are fantastic people to have these conversations with. And you really want to be able to have this conversation with your own boss as well. Your boss does play a bit, can play a big role in this. Not, not always, but quite often they do. And this can also be a great topic to start thinking about in conversations with people you don't know as well yet. You know, you're, you manage that conversation. You might not go in straight to the conversation. How do I get promoted here? Right. That's not probably not the kind of person you are. But finding out about people's career path and what tips they have and what advice and even things like when did they feel ready to go for a promotion or when they didn't and what advice would they give someone else? Sometimes those conversations, we kind of shy away from sharing our big dream, big ambition, right? Because for some people, it feels a bit gross to say that because you feel like you're putting yourself up there as though you're so great and that doesn't feel so good, right? And for other people, it's a bit scary to tell someone your big dream. And I don't think you have to go in there and make this major statement about your big dream. But based on how the conversation goes, it can be really interesting and helpful to share and making it a, a one day type of conversation of, hey, if this was something I was interested in, if, this ex if the executive path was something I was interested in doing one day, what, what advice would you have for me or what made it possible for you? You know, th those kinds of questions to really tease out from people their experiences. And all of that's going to help you with that research, right? And staying curious about what is the situation I'm facing? What are, and what you're probably going to hear are, are discrepancies. You'll probably come across things like, well, one person said this, but the policy says that. And this other person said this totally other different thing. That is very common. That's very, very common in an organization. So let yourself be curious about it and be interested by it rather than letting it feel like it's either defeating you or feel like you have to get all up in arms and kind of like a warrior about it. Instead, really shift to see how can I be curious about this and what can I learn from it? And how can this, how can this help me with my goals, right? It's okay to look for things that are going to help you with your career goals. Okay, so that's number one. Number two is also about being scientific, getting into that neutral curiosity and I want you to start being really scientific about your resume and interview preparation. Okay. By that, what I mean, really what I mean, the tactic, the, 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 let me get right down to it. The tactic is that I want you to start a spreadsheet. Okay. So with number one, we did all this research, right? Or even just a little bit of research will help. You've done this research, you're starting to get a sense of what are the competencies, the skills, the stories they're looking for. Now in step two, what I want you to do is set up the spreadsheet. And what you're going to do is across the top. So um, the, the column, starting in column two, going across, I want you to list out the different competencies or skills or expectations, like what is being looked for to get promoted. And then what you're going to do is in the rows, so starting in row two going down, I want you to think about everything in the last anywhere from three to five years, um, depending on personal situation, could go back even to seven years, right? Like if you've taken time off for care of family or for any other reason, or you just you've shifted careers a little bit, that's totally fine. We usually want to stick to the three to five year if possible. What I want you to do with the rows is thinking over those time horizons, what are your big stories? That you can tell what are big what are things that happen 
that really are the kinds of things you would probably talk about in an interview. Because then what you're going to do is for each of those stories, so each row, you're going to go across and put the little X in every box that lines up with a skill or competency that you identified before that you need that you need to demonstrate for getting a promotion. And what this is going to start showing you is a couple of things. One, you're most likely going to start realizing like, oh, I have a lot more stories than I thought I did, right? Like you'll probably start pulling them out, build this over time as well. So you're going to start seeing you have all these stories and you're going to start realizing like that a lot of the stories are going to touch on multiple competencies, multiple skills, right? And then what it's going to do for most people, it does this. So don't, this, you don't have to feel bad about this at all. This, this is what should be happening is you're going to see where the gaps are, right? You're going to start seeing like, oh, right. There's like this major skill that, and it, it's probably something that won't be a surprise to you, right? But it might not have been as obvious to you. Like this is going to make it super obvious. Oh, there's this one competency that is just absolutely expected in my organization for getting the promotion. And I don't have a lot of great stories about it, right? Now for the spreadsheet, I said you could just do little X's. Some people like to go to the next level and actually color categorize this. So for any story that matches a competency in a really fantastic way, like it's a fantastic story for that competency. You give that box a green, you color it green. Then if you have other competencies that are like, well, it does touch on that competency, but it's not as strong. You could give it another color, like a yellow or an orange. And then I would recommend leaving it blank after that. You could, you could try it with red if you wanted, like everything that if there, if it doesn't touch competency, you make it red, but I'd recommend just leaving it blank. The color coding can be helpful because you might start seeing some patterns there of where you have a lot of strong stories versus not as strong stories. But the most important thing really is to see where you don't have a story, right? Like let's say one of the main areas in your organization that they're really promoting right now for promotions is innovation. And you're looking down your list of stories like, oh, I don't have a really great story for innovation. Well, first of all, you <laughs> You might need to go digging in your memory banks and think, okay, what could I talk about for innovation? But assuming that your interview is not next week, assuming that you've got a few months before the interview, well, you're going to want to focus on innovation, right? What can, I, what can I do in this next few months that I can have a story that speaks to innovation, right? And that's going to inform you. So this is why you want to do it is because Again, assuming you don't you don't have the interview tomorrow, right? That we are thinking beyond tomorrow. We're getting more strategic in that sense. We're not just reactive and scrambling with next day's activities. We're thinking further ahead. Well, that tells you where to focus your efforts and where you might need new stories, right? You might have some stories like, oh, I have a really great story about innovation, but that was like seven, eight years ago. Well, depending on what else you have, what else is showing up on the spreadsheet, you might want to go and work on a new story for innovation in that case. So that's number two, being scientific about your resume and interview preparation. Now, number three, this might be a tough one for some people. This might bring up some mindset stuff, especially with the way I'm framing it. I, I am sharing it in a way to kind of trigger you a little bit. So bear with me. And again, if you're like, oh, this is bringing up some mindset stuff. Again, come check out Confidence Week. It's going to be really good. So number three is instead of trying to get people to notice what you're doing, 
do the things that people will notice. I'll say that again. Instead of trying to get people to notice what you're doing, do the things that people will notice. So this touches on what I find is one of the biggest, not quite a stumbling block, but a place where people get really stuck amongst my quietly ambitious folks. And we get stuck here. You might be getting stuck here. Maybe you don't. but You might be getting stuck here because you have so much integrity in the work you're doing. You have a lot of integrity. You do a great job at what you're doing. You know, if you're a subject matter, you really work on your staff. You work on collaborating with your team. If you are a frontline supervisor or a middle manager, you're really focused on being a great leader to that team, right? The difficulty is, is that as long as you are really excellent at your current role, you're not showcasing yourself as being, you know, either ready for the next level, but also even that you're thinking about the next level. Right. You're not triggering in other people's minds that you are even thinking about the next level when you are excellent at your current when all your focus is on being excellent at your current role. It's it's sending a bit of implicit signaling that that's where your focus is. Versus doing things that people will notice, those are usually next level things, right? Cross collaboration things. When you When you want to be seen as a next level leader, what you need to do is show that you're seeing next level problems, that you're solving next level problems. This is something I go into more detail in in the main workshop that I do. So um, again, Confidence Week, we're going to be talking about this in the main workshop at Confidence Week. So come check it out. And if, if you're not able to make it or if it's already past Confidence Week, reach out and I can share a link with you. I talk about more detail about this next level problem solving, but essentially the, the most authentic way, in my opinion, the most authentic way to show up as a leader, as, as someone ready for the next level is by solving those next level problems. And this doesn't mean the, you know, going above and beyond in the sense of like working an extra 20 hours a week or, you know, hustling or any of that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm definitely not about that. But it is about showcasing that you can see things at the next level because the people who are making decisions about promotions, you know, whether it's your direct boss or whether it's someone else or a committee, they're, they care about you having done a good job, but really they are looking for people who are showing that they are, that they have that potential for the next level. And part of that is showcasing that you see the next level. And when I say next level problems, what I mean are the, the kinds of problems that probably belong either to your boss or even your boss's boss. But quite often, they actually don't belong to anyone. They're kind of like across the organization or maybe they technically belong to HR or your training department, but they're not, they're not problems that you own. And they're definitely not problems that your team owns, right? Like if you're a manager, if you are solving your team's problems, then you are actually showing that you're still in the weeds, to quote one of my colleagues, Stacey Mayer, which, by the way, if you haven't read her book, I don't know if I've done a shout out to her before or recently, Promotions Made Easy. It's a fantastic book. 
She talked, she really gets into detail on this about getting in the weeds. What you need to show is that you can see up and out, right? And this doesn't mean that you don't do a good job. This doesn't mean to give up your integrity or your work ethic or anything like that. It doesn't mean anything like that. What it does mean is that you want to showcase yourself as ready for that next level, right? Doing things that people will notice instead of trying to get people to notice what you're doing. Okay. Like I said, I know that might have been a little bit triggering or there might be some mindset stuff coming up on that. So please come check us out over at Confidence Week because it's going to be a really great place to kind of to work on the, the mindset side of things and actually get tactical in terms of how we develop and enhance our confidence. So let's do a really quick re recap. We've got three things you can do here when you're feeling overlooked, you're feeling like you don't have a path to promotion. Number one, do your research and be a scientist about it. Be neutral, be curious. How do people get promoted in your organization? Go figure that out. Collect job descriptions, talk to people. Number two, also staying in that scientific mindset, staying with that you know clipboard and being curious is looking at your own resume and interview preparation through a that neutral lens of scientific lens of, okay, what stories do I already have? How do they match up with the job descriptions? And what might be missing? What can I add to it? And then number three, and I know this can be a really hard one. Number three is, is do the things that people will notice instead of trying to get people to notice what you're doing. Okay. So there you go. There's three things you can get started with today. And I know I mentioned a few times, I'll say one more time, come join us at Confidence Week. It's going to be fantastic. It's at themintambition.com slash confidenceweek. Can't wait to see you there and have yourself a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Now, before you go, make sure you click to follow the show. This way, you don't have to go looking for the latest episode. I'll come to you. Just click the plus button or the follow and you'll get the latest episode fresh off the press. Thanks again. And remember that you are amazing. Now get out there and rise.